You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm going to say right out of the gate that my mom is unloading the dishwasher in the background and shouting on the phone with her sister, I believe. So if you hear that, um, you know what I've been living with. I'm just kidding. It's just uh, she just got home from work and she's catching up with someone in the background and I need to get this podcast out so I can't wait and I don't want to tell her to get off the phone because this is her house and I live in it. God damn it. She's never said that to me. My parents have actually never used that over my head this whole time. And I want to shout out to them for never making me feel bad about being in their house. Never using that like this is our house and you're living in it kind of attitude. It's been very like this is your house too even though I'm contributing truly nothing except um, the occasional television show being shot in their living room or their uh, my dad's old office, which they now call Nikki's office. And I really do appreciate that because there's no need. They He's really just like given me this office. So I appreciate that. My parents are pretty rad, even though I'm probably moving out. And um, I am looking at a new apartment tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. It is I don't know how far it is from my parents place. But I'm guessing it's within 15 to 20 minutes. And then um, my sister also lives about 25 minutes away. So I'm guessing within just like it's somewhere between those. And um, it's a, a building with a doorman and the whole thing. It's like a luxury apartment building, which the prices in St. Louis after looking at real estate in New York City all of January and m- most of February. I didn't know I was leaving my apartment until February, but um, after looking at real estate in New York and the rents, like ne- it's like going to the dollar store <laughs> after you've been shopping at like, I don't know, what's an expensive place? I can't literally, I just, my mind went dead for like a, a place that is just way overpriced. Stella McCartney, listen, I love what you make. It all looks really cool. Um but fashion is overpriced. Just like, can't we all agree that hundreds of dollars for a t-shirt is just not okay? It's just not okay. Find a way where we don't have any $3 t-shirts. Let's, why don't we eliminate those? Let's all settle on like an $11 t-shirt. I think that's something we can all get behind, make them ethically. I'm like tempted to spend so much money on these things because I want them to last me a really long time. But a lot of these designer stuff you get and it's shit. It's still it's it's made like shit. And there's no reason it should be that much money. And then there are some pieces of shit that you have. Every girl listening has some piece of their wardrobe from H&M or Forever 21 that has stood the test of time. Despite all odds, it has stayed with you longer than most of your other pieces a tried and true I can think back on certain objects of clothing that I don't they were only taken out of the rotation because they got lost I left them in a hotel room I never intentionally wanted to get rid of a lot of classics from forever 21 that like were great so once in a while you can get a really great piece so cheap what was my original freaking point I was talking about my new apartment so I am feeling like anxiety over buying new things and I think that's why this is all kind of spurred from that of purchasing decor I've been saving pictures of apartments that I like for so long on reddit so I have like you know a million posts saved like literally a million like seriously like I I know what a million is and it's a million people like don't understand what a billion is I know that that's a common misconception as people think they can toss around the word billion like they like oh it's the next step up for a million it's quite a few steps up for a million 
I saw some like infographic and I'm getting this wrong, but it was almost this extreme where it was like, if you make $30,000 a year, it's one step, right? Like a step on a stairs, like from zero to 32,000. Let's say that's one step. Um, like the top of the staircase would be a million, right? And then the Empire State Building would be a billion. It was something like that. Like a million to a billion is such a large leap, larger than most people think. So I've maybe even covered this on the show before. Forgive me if I have. But I've been saving pictures of apartments that I like and decor that I like. And I'm literally just going to hand it to my mom and be like, make this, find this, do this. Because she'll like a little job like that. She, that's what she does for a living. She stages homes for real estate. Um, a, real, well, a real estate company hires her friend who employs my mom and she helps out and stages homes. She's really good at it. Um, I'm really triggered by my mom's working because I've always had a mom who doesn't work. And so now I'm like home and I'm like, where's my mom? We need more cereal. Like, I'm just like feeling that kind of angsty, even though I haven't eaten cereal since I've been home, even though cereal is truly my favorite food and I just don't trust myself around it. Like I literally think um, it's just not worth it for me to have it because I just might have all of it. It's too good. So the way I feel about alcohol, honestly, the way I feel about Rice Krispies, I know this is sad and this is going to bum some people out, okay? The way I feel about Rice Krispies when they are the perfect amount of absorbency of soy or almond milk with some stevia sprinkled on top, I love that food so much. And I know it just sounds like so boring and so terrible and maybe with some blueberries on it, but blueberries even fuck up the consistency. I like a mushy type. It's just, it's sugary, fake sugary, I know, but like not the worst fake sugary. I just like to taste stevia. I wouldn't be able to enjoy real sugar. It just would. Okay, let's in my dream world, if nothing mattered and clogging up my body with sugar didn't matter, I would put real sugar on it. But maybe not because it would take so much to match the flavor of just a couple stevia. Who knows? But what I'm saying is that that food, I would rather have none than have just one because one is not enough. That just that just lit up something in me and now I want all of it. And before I only just could look at it and be like, oh, that'd be nice. But now it's like, oh no, I feel like I'm being deprived if I don't have it. So I feel about cereal. It's too good. I used to just binge on cereal as a kid. It was the best. I love talking about cereal too. Like I have massive opinions about it because it used to be my, it is my favorite food. I just literally can't trust myself around it. Um, it's like an ex-boyfriend who you're just like, no won't do it can't do it again I know it will be fun and that's not me being um autobiographical right now um my uh yeah my ex-boyfriend asked me about the Taylor Swift album that really meant something to me because I know my love for Taylor Swift is is pretty weird like it's it's a little intense but I really I might just that's just me I really think I took an Asperger's test the other day I know I don't have it, but I might have like a half a stevia packet of it. You know what I'm saying? Um, because my obsession, I didn't realize being obsessed with things. Now I'm not obsessed with like trains or books with books of birds, even though as a kid I was kind of obsessed with whales in a way that was maybe unhealthy. I used to, I just get obsessed with things like there are some girls who just like have never been obsessed with a recording artist like I think I asked my friend Kirsten recently I was like you would never got obsessed with like movies or movie stars or uh, like you just liked things you didn't like other things but I become obsessed and folklore right now I mean talk about saving reddit posts I saved one for you because last night I came across something and I couldn't believe it I was like 
I, I'm not even joking, you guys. I was just looking at my notes through my phone to come up with topics for to talk to you guys about. And in my notes, it says, hold on, let me pull it up. Jesus Christ, Nikki, be ready. Oh, it says, well, here's a couple of things I'll read to you. Safe distance seesaw. I wrote that down because I realized that the only way to like really, the only, the most socially responsible activity is seesawing with someone. Um, that's like definitely going to keep you at least six, a six foot seesaw. That's too close even. So it's much more than that. That's a decent joke. Um, it's not a joke as much as like, it would just be like a throwaway line. Um, where did I write this goddamn thing? What I did write and I promise you, I'll just type it in and search it. That's how you do it. Nikki, that's how you find something in your notes. You pull up one of the words that you know it is. Oh, this is what I wrote. Podcast. Okay. At the top equals podcast ideas, right? Below that Taylor Swift depression is what I wrote. Okay. And I wrote this f four days ago because I also wrote Glennon Doyle because earlier that day I saw Glennon Doyle, the author of Untamed, which is like one of the only books I've read in quarantine fully. Um, she's like a self-help writer, but she was posting on, she posted on her Instagram. She was like hugging her crying daughter who's like a teenager. And she just wrote in the caption, like, um, my baby is like so sad. She quote said to me, she said to me, quote, mommy, I'm just want Taylor Swift to be happy and she seems sad and I'm just so sad because I want it. So it was something like that. And I was like, I am her. I am that little girl. Like I felt that I felt like a depression in this album and like a Taylor Swift, not that she's that way right now, but she accessed some places that I'm like, I didn't know she got that sad. Like, I like this side. Come see the sadder side of Swift. Um, and I did. And so I like, I loved that. That was a 13 year old girl crying. So then I wrote, so above that, I wrote Taylor Swift depression. Cause the other day I wrote that on my run because I was just thinking about how like maybe this depression I'm going through is inspired is like coming from folklore because I, like I said yesterday, when I start to, when I'm obsessed with something and I start to feel it drift away and it's not giving me the hit of dopamine that it used to, I start to get really sad because I'm like, what's going to replace this? It's like an, it's like an addiction. Like totally. I, I've gone through this with, I remember being obsessed with tight, the Titanic, the movie Titanic, um, Dave Matthews. I felt this longing and this like obsession with the music and just wanting to listen to it nonstop. And it just filling my days, just like listening. And it, Wilco was probably the last time I went through this. And now it's Taylor Swift. And I am feeling that with folklore. And I think this album is just so high schooly that it is making me feel like I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching it from a place of a high school girl who like doesn't have a head on her shoulders and is just like letting her emotions get the best of her. Like I'm seriously depressed from an album possibly because listen to this. So I'm on the Taylor Swift Reddit. This was posted 23 hours ago. Title, I have folklore induced depression. Maybe depression is a bit strong, but I have other I have no other way of describing what I'm feeling. This post is a little long and English is my second language, so it's probably not great, but I just wanted to put it out there, out some things I'm feeling. Okay, so I'm not going to read it all to you because it is a little long, but in it, it says, for the past four days, I haven't been able to think about anything else, can't even sleep. Dude, I'm not that bad, but I will admit to you guys that for a couple nights, like, I, when I, when I turn off my phone and I'm not listening to her, like, I still hear it. And so I'm like, I might as well put it on because <laughs> my mind won't stop playing this album. I keep replaying every song in my head, analyzing every lyric. Yeah, me too. I get sad, then hopeful. Then my heart is destroyed and I'm struggling to breathe. Okay, I'm not that I'm not struggling to breathe. I think this person might have COVID, to be honest with you. But um, 
I am getting I I I get where this person's coming from more than I should it. I should I should more it'd be healthier to not relate to this at all than to relate to this in the way that I'm relating. I can't even listen to some of the songs anymore because of how they make me feel and I fucking love it. <laughs> Dude, I should really connect with this person and just like let it like I think I need to talk to this person. I think that's the answer that I have for myself is I need to talk to someone who has analyzed it and felt it the way that I have. But it's also so personal the way I feel about the song August. It's almost like I don't want to share it with someone and I don't want to hear that someone else had an intimate moment with the song and a different interpretation of the song. That would that would break my heart. That'd be like finding out that your boyfriend fucked around on you and that he like him and this girl it wasn't just like he fucked her it's like they shared a moment and they have an inside joke that's how someone else's interpretation of the word august would make me feel i am insane um anyway they go on and on and on and i um and then you read all the comments i literally feel the exact same way um as somebody with clinical depression i feel the need to add to this i was going through a deep funk when i was emotionless and felt nothing most of the time i saw the album announcement and did a complete 180 i was filled with giddiness and anticipation i was excited i was glowing and the album dropped and i was so happy with the music it's honestly so this goes on to be like it helped me with my depression and another person this album is definitely for those of us who are a little more prone to melancholy and nostalgia by nature yeah so i just think i'm like a little depressed teenage girl right now and this is really just like playing my playing at my heartstrings I got to move on to another topic. I really could talk about her forever and, and what it means to me. So when we get back, I want to talk to you about other stuff. Uh, Whitney Cummings podcast just came out today. I have a lot of thoughts about that. Um, I also want to talk about uh, porn and um, a little bit more about depression. And yeah, those are just some of the things we'll get to right after this. Welcome back to the show. Um, I want to get to all the things I promised to you and I said them and I didn't write them down. So let's see if I remember. I know porn was on there somewhere. I think was it? It was porn depression. And then the first one, Oh, Whitney Cummings podcast. Yes. Uh, all related. That's my trilogy. That's my folklore trilogy. If you, if you don't know, there's a trilogy on the album folklore that three songs are from the perspective of three different people in a love triangle of sorts. And August, my favorite song is part of that love triangle. It's maybe, and then Cardigan and Betty are the other two. And it's, um, anyway, someone sent me a article about how Taylor Swift not only probably dated Carly Kloss, but she had a whole romance with, um, Glee actress, Diana Agron. And I read through that last night and did some investigating and it seems to have a, lo a lot of substance behind it. And Honestly, I don't understand why Taylor Swift can't just be like, yeah, I dated women. Like, I don't know why she'd be hiding that. I mean, I guess she would be set to lose something. But for me, I kind of tend to trust Taylor. And if she says that she didn't date these people, I'm like, she probably didn't. But then on the same hand, I'm like, maybe the sneaking around was kind of fun for her. And she isn't that open and honest with people she's dated anyway. So it's honestly none of anyone's business. I'm just hoping it's true because um, I would like to date Taylor Swift someday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm coming out. I'm saying it. I've never dated a woman, but if Taylor Swift wants to embark on a relationship and go on a date, I would totally go on a date with Taylor Swift in a romantic way. I honestly though feel ridiculous saying that. I honestly just want to be your friend, and that's why what leads me to believe that I I, I really don't want to hook up. I I don't look at her and want to um do things to, like you know the way I feel about Zac Efron when I watch Down to Earth. I literally can't watch that show. Um, because it makes me feel so many things and Taylor Swift's music I do get attached in and love with but I don't know if but that's the thing my friend Sabrina Jolie's I said it in my special banging 
like I always think oh I could never be a lesbian because I can't I don't want to go down on a girl and that's not my compulsion to go down on a girl and she goes well were you psyched to suck a dick the first time and that like changed everything for me because I was like oh wow maybe I just don't like either thing or it's not the it's like I wouldn't think to do it but once you do it you're like I love this you know so maybe maybe I'm just gonna eat some puss no one's in particular I would get consent first unlike this show the great that I'm watching that Andrew Collin recommended um it just has a lot of sexual harassment in it and like uncomfortable situations with this girl who's the lead and it's like a farce it's like a it's almost like you know Robin Hood men in tights it's like set in like I'm guessing like 17 1700s Russia she's an empress empress of Russia and she like is just being creeped on by everyone and it's almost it has the same like comedic tone of another period anyway I was texting Andrew while I was watching it because Andrew's been badgering me to watch this why won't you just watch it don't you hate that thing when you recommend something to a friend and you tell them it's the greatest thing and then they still won't watch it like and I'm like yeah have you seen love on the spectrum he's like no and I go okay well you I'll watch the great if you watch love on the spectrum so I put on the great last night and I was just very uncomfortable I just like was like I hate these men like creeping on this young girl Elle Fanning who's a great actress and so are the creeper men they're fucking great at it um because it made my skin crawl and so I texted Andrew like is she going to be raped before this is over? And he goes, what's over? And I'm like the show. And he goes, he said something like 10 minutes. And I was like, I like, or like in five minutes he joked. And I was like, Oh God. And then literally by the end of the scene, there was like a, a rapey thing that happened. I mean, she has sex with her husband, the emperor for the first time, but it's like, she's thinking she's about to make love for the first time. She describes it in this like beautiful way of two people connecting and like, a consenting beautiful thing and then he just comes in and like sticks his dick in her and is like talking to his friend while he does it and it's just such a disgusting scene and it made my skin crawl so much and it's supposed to be almost like funny but I was like no that's like legit rape which it's fine I mean like rape should be able to be showcased in a show but I'm also like fit with a comedy like I'm just it made me uncomfortable I would like to hear your thoughts on it uh, if you see the first episode of the great because it ends up being a really good show and I like it but I'm just like this was really creepy for the first episode a lot of creep moments um so I covered that I didn't talk about porn but I did watch some the other day and it was great and I had a great experience and it was nice because I um my parents were out I did make eye contact with my dog because I was making noises and he looked over at me and um he definitely we locked eyes while I was coming and uh I don't know how to feel about that I mean it's weird right like do you but he was already in the bed with me and I didn't want to kick him out and he gets so sad and he's vis- you know he's visiting you know and I don't want to lock him out and make him like be in the house alone and he was already on the bed I don't know do you kick your dog out and then he's scratching the door it means the whole thing you guys or do you lock eyes with your dog and kiss him gently on the nose as you come I'm just kidding I did not do that but um yeah I, use, I also got this vibrator. I do this local radio show that you can listen to. Um, it's called The Arch. It's 106.5, I believe. Let me look that up. It's my ex-boyfriend's show, The Arch. I'm on every Thursday morning. I call in. So that's tomorrow, actually. I'm going to call in. And I do a, a couple segments with them. And it's always really fun because it's my ex-boyfriend. It's a girl, Courtney. And Brando, I usually call in because of COVID, but I went into the studio one time and they blessed me with gifts from a local sex shop that they like have a, they, that do, does advertising for them. And she gave me this like little thing you put in your underwear that's supposed to like wrap around your underwear. And it's almost like, it's like the size of a giant guitar pick, 
but it has like the same kind of shape and it just buzzes. It's pretty decent. It's like, you know, because all of my toys are so intense. It's either like the clit sucking one, which isn't that bad. That one has like a, a slow burn at first. But sometimes you just want something other than that. And so this is like a perfect thing. This would not get me through the whole shebang. I would have to switch to the, the clit sucking thing. But this thing is amazing because I got I get migraines, you know, sometimes and like just intense headaches. And in the past, my Hitachi wand has served as a way to like, I put it in my eye socket a little bit because it just takes or like I press it to certain parts of my face where the migraine is like really blasting away so that it just like shakes my head and I can't feel it. And it really does work. But then my head gets really puffy. It's I have like an allergic reaction to the shaking. And so then my, my face is puffy for like a day in that spot. And if you want to see examples of it, just look at my I did a Conan where I showed pictures of what happened to me one time. So I have to take it really easy because if I overindulge it, like my face blows up like I got stung by a beehive. So anyway, beehive oh beehive did anyone ever make that joke um when austin powers was around they pick up a beehive when they're like walking in the woods and go oh beehive um please go do that and no one will understand the reference because no one is quoting fucking austin powers anymore that would really confuse your friends on your on your hike um so anyway, I used that little one the other night for my headache. And because it was so much softer and it fit in my eye socket almost perfectly because it was the same size, it was the best migraine pressure reliever. So if you get migraines, I really recommend like these little vibrators that you're supposed to put in your panties that are like flat and they look like a little guitar pick. So go look at them online. Go use my promo code at, um, at what's it called? Adam and Eve. I know Adam and Eve probably has those. And use code Nikki at checkout, I think, and you get like 50% off any one item so if you're a migraine sufferer or if you're really funny and you have friends that suffer migraines that's a great gift to get them and just be like it's for your migraines Nikki Glazer recommends it you just hold it on your eye or the part of your face that is hurting and it shakes your head so much that you don't feel the pain as much it truly does work I have to go pretty soon okay so god it's been such a long day I've done so much recording I've had so many meetings and I have even more to go after this it's pretty it's a lot it's a lot you guys um Witty Cummings podcast just came out. The clips are so funny. I haven't even gotten a chance to post it yet, but there's one I'm going to post that I really want you guys to see. But uh, Anya Marina just wrote to me after listening to it and said it was so hilarious. And she was quoting all these moments and I was like remembering how much fun I had. It's such a good listen. And her podcast is called Good For You. So please go listen to that if you enjoy my ramblings. She is, I mean, you heard me talk about how much fun I had at that interview. So go listen to it. It's out now. Um, And then I said one more thing I was going to talk about. Porn, Whitney Cummings, depression. Yeah, I was going to say something else about depression, but now I forget what it was because I'm feeling not so depressed right now. Oh, maybe I'll save it for tomorrow because who knows what side of the bed I'm going to wake up on then. But um, I think that's all I wanted to share today. I'm going to go make some dinner and maybe walk my dog who will probably run away from me because he ran away from me yesterday and it was very, very stressful. Luigi, that was not cool. Um, maybe it was because I made a contact with you when I came the day before okay you had to go in the woods and work on that for a couple five minutes and hide from mom I get it now it all makes sense it's all connected uh thanks for listening you guys talk to you tomorrow on the show don't don't be cut and um yeah squirt squirt jackpot this has been a comedy central podcast 